0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there and welcome to the Behold podcast, episode 71. Guys, 71 times you've done this, which feels like a lot. So Sean and Dan, as always, and you're in luck because you've got just the two of us today, just the two of us.
1: Yeah. Mm, hmm Yep. Seventy-one. It's a special time, uh, and and yeah, you get to hang out with a couple best buds and talk about uh, the glory of God and the face of Christ as we see it in His Word. So just you know, buckle up. It's gonna be a wild ride.
0: Wow, uh, speaking of best buds, it's very fitting as we get to that a little bit later. But before we hop into it, Dan, what's new with you? How's your week been? Anything fun happen? Yeah, it's it's
1: been great. I it's so funny because I a lot of you guys know I was uh, I was in Hawaii for a week on vacation, and it was kind of this big build up for a lot of months of planning and and looking forward to it and expectation. And now that I'm back, I just I feel like I haven't really caught my stride yet. It's just been, it's been a blur and, uh, it's just kind of it, the Aloha spirit has left the building mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm trying to recapture it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, no, it's, it's been really good where we, we hit the ground running with our kids in sports and getting ready for school. They start school next week. And, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been, a uh, just kind of a wild ride, just trying to get my bearings the last couple of weeks. Um, one thing I am really excited about, and Sean, you know about this because we've been working on it lockstep, but uh, we have a new song coming out. Valley Bible Worship is going to be releasing a new song uh, last week of August. It's called Hiding Place. We we sang it at church at the crossing on Sunday, and I'm um, just really excited. You know, I always love the collaborative nature, so it's been really fun to 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 work uh, with Brooke, Brooke and Alex and I basically kind of wrote it together, and then um, Sean, of course, played some stuff on it. Cindy White played some stuff on it, and um, today we're actually going to be filming a music video for it, which is kind of kind of fun and silly. Wow! Yeah, so
0: cool.
1: Oh come on! But uh, I think it was your idea,
0: by the way. It was Heather's idea.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Anyways, continue.
1: But yeah, so it's just it's it's really fun to to be able to just kind of share a song that God put on our hearts with, with the VBC family. And so stay tuned for um, just, you know, to the newsletter and on social media and stuff. And you'll, you'll figure out how to, you'll learn how to get access to that stuff. And then just, just a really quick shout out to, um, to Brooke and, and Alex, so Brooke Teelan and Alex Johnson have been serving so faithfully for um, about two years uh, in the, in um, as worship interns at VBC and Brooke, is moving on. So she is going back in person to to school in Southern California. And then I know, I know. And then Alex is moving up. So uh, Alex is going from an intern role to a staff role. He is our technical director for Sunday morning worship services at the crossing. So this is kind of cool just to, so we got one moving on, one moving up and just uh, a big shout out, kind of an end of an era a little bit around here for me. Those guys have been just really, like we're going to be talking about today, just faithful friends to me. And I, you know, I can't imagine um, Sean and I really going through this, this pandemic without them and their help and support. And, and just the, the energy and life and gifting that they bring all the time, every day, it's just, it's just been really exceptional. And so shout out to those guys and um, kind of the end of an era.
0: Yep. I just, I'll add to that both of them, man, just an example of like an eagerness to serve, you know, an eagerness to be involved and just serve the church body as best as they can. And the impact is totally seen and felt, you know, and that's why it's sad when someone leaves is just because the, the fruit of their work has been so just evident. But, you know, we're totally excited for Brooke and trusting that that same fruit is going to carry forward with her school now and what she's going to be doing out there. So we'll miss you, but we are excited for what God has in store for you. And Alex, we we still love you, buddy. You're still here. Yeah, I (laughs) love it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so I don't have anything like that as eventful as trying to rekindle my Hawaiian vibes (laughs) going on. But this was a crazy week. Yesterday, this is just a funny story. Yesterday, I'm at work and... Patty, actually this was two days ago. I'm on the phone with Patty and she's doing some laundry and she screams the top of her lungs. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? It's pandemonium. She sends me pictures, and I kid you not, it's like the size of a like a small orange. This the spider that is in our garage. If you're familiar with the arachnids out there, this was a wolf spider, which is a pretty big spider, and they're kind of prevalent this time of the year in California. <sighs>
1: and they're just nasty looking. I'm, I'm zooming in on this picture right now. He's got it in a cup, a glass cup, and he's got it in the palm of his hand, and it's like as big as his hand,
0: it feels like. It's huge. It's and you zoom like in, small... and it's like hairy and just ugly and just like, yeesh. Yeah, they're like small tarantulas, um, which funny enough, I had a pet tarantula growing up, so I'm not bothered by spiders, but my wife was losing it, so <laughs> then- the spider escapes. She's trying to catch it. She breaks a glass bowl trying to catch it. It's like total chaos. The spider escapes. It's terrible. But then the next day, we find the spider again, and I caught it. That's where the that picture came from. Yada, yada. <laughs> that, that spider has been relocated, released into the wild. We're good to go. But then on top of that, that same day, the reason she was out there in the first place, my washing machine burst a leak. And this washing machine was like, we got this as a... A free hand-me-down from the last tenant that lived in our place nice and it was probably like a hand-me-down to her from the last tenant when she moved Ooh. in it, I, I've already fixed it twice it just it had to go Wow so finally I bought a new washing machine and I'll tell you what we feel like we're like royalty over here. We're wow. like kings and queens. Did you guys go to front top load or front load? We went we went front load on this Ooh, one. You it fancy. was top load before. You well, and, and the one thing Patty asked, she's like, well, it's not too much more money. Can we get one of the ones that has Wi Fi? Because there's nothing more annoying than having to like walk out there and check the load all the time. Which you know she does most of the laundry, so I respect her her decision on this. So I did. I bought one that had Wi-Fi. And it's like, I feel like we're such like first world rich people because we're sitting in bed and Patty can be like, Alexa, how much time was left on the load? Or whatever. She can start from. It's just craziness. technology these days. I never would have thought something as trivial as your washing machine could bring someone joy like it brings my wife. So I will say money well spent on that front. Happy well, wife, happy life.
1: Well, just be careful now, because you you could potentially get hacked there. You know, you gotta, you gotta. Big brother is is gonna be. Uh, That's true. Monitoring your your laundry habits.
0: If you're out there and you're a hacker, please don't try to mess with my laundry loads. No, I'm okay? thinking more like the government. Like I feel like the government is. They're probably listening right now. They probably don't. Well, hey, if you are, then you should know Jesus. We're gonna convert you right now. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. Uh. Anyways, so that's Dan's week. That's my week. I hope whoever's listening that you've had a fun week too in ways. Maybe you also encountered scary spiders. Maybe you also are yearning for a trip to Hawaii right now. Whatever the case, we hope that God uses this pod to just encourage you, equip you, and all those things. All right. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's dive in. So, you know, if you're tracking with us on Sundays, you know that we're in our tested series, and we're actually nearing the end of it. The end is near. the end is near. This is Paul writing to Timothy and we're near the end of the book of second Timothy. And we've heard a lot about Paul's instructions and encouragements to Timothy about just ministry and doing faithful ministry and kind of the do's and don'ts as he does that. And now as he's kind of nearing the end of this letter to Timothy, he takes a bit of a turn and he's talking about faithful friends, you know, and kind of the opposite of that as well. And you know, if you don't know Paul, the Apostle Paul and what he's been through, at this stage in his life, which is, he's, this is near the end of his life when he wrote this letter, he's really done a lot, right? I mean, he's been all over the world. He's encountered thousands of people. He's really done so much in his ministry and in his time on earth. And so I think there's pretty very few people that probably have a better estimation and better experience of of what faithful friends do and don't look like than the apostle Paul. Dan, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: He, he's, he, it's so cool. Nate did a great job of talking about even in his own uh, maturity as, as a believer, he used to think of Paul as this kind of lone ranger kind of guy that he was just out there on the, on the frontier, you know, like a wild West, just kind of uh, slinging it for Jesus out there all by himself. But when you read through the the, the uh, historical narrative of Acts, when you read through the epistles, you see he he was he was a team guy. He had a band of of missionaries that he worked with to achieve the the call that God put on his life, and yeah. And so, whenever you are working with a group of people, you're going to have those that um, stay faithful and those that are are partners till till the end, and then those that that aren't. And and so we see that a lot in this letter too, especially of just, you know, Paul knows what it's like to to have those those great part, partnerships, but also to have those people that bail on him as well. And and I'm sure all of us listening have experienced that to some degree. And so I think it's a great encouragement for us, and it's a great it instructs us on on the types of people to have around us, and then how do we navigate when when people do abandon us, and and even just to be thinking about the people in our lives and how we can be, um, faithful partners and friends, uh, to them. So, so great, great insight from Paul. And, um, and kind of what we thought we'd do for, for this podcast is just, um, Nate did a great job of, of just unpacking this, this passage in his outline. And so I think what we decided for this podcast is just, we're going to, we're just going to kind of move through his outline and just make a couple comments on the different sections because it just builds and flows really nicely. And so if you uh, are, are able, I know a lot of us are listening to this podcast while we're doing something else. But if you're able to hop on a different device, go to vbc.online, pull up the message notes. And if you want to track along with us that way, you can. Otherwise, we'll kind of we'll kind of walk you through it. But maybe we can just go, Sean, in that first section section. Uh, Nate calls it stepping stones to, to Paul's f- appeal to Timothy. So basically, Paul is going to be making this appeal to Timothy uh, of his urgent need for for Timothy's friendship and support. And so he, in the first couple verses of this section, basically is building up to that. And let's just start off by by making a couple comments, Sean. What, what strikes you in that first section there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate how Nate did this because he kind of pulled little verses from kind of all throughout second Timothy. So really in this letter, this is all kind of leading up to this moment of stuff we've been talking about for the last couple of months here. Uh, but yeah, just the, the, the signs are there, you know, like it's not like he got to this section of his letter and he's like, all right, now we're going to talk about friendship, you know, and then <laughs> talks about it. But now like this whole letter, he's made it clear that, that, that the idea of faithful friendship and, and camaraderie is really important to Paul. And so earlier in the letter, you know he he opens up almost by saying, "Man, Timothy, I wish I could see you one last time. I miss you dearly." He says, "As I remember your your tears, I long to see you, and that would fill mm-hmm. me with joy." You know, but then the second one I think is one that is worth sitting on for sure. He says that as Paul's describing um, you know, his imprisonment and how to view that, you know, he doesn't consider his imprisonment shame for Timothy, but instead, if it's a, it's a source of honor. Which, Dan, I know you had some thoughts about this, but I think that's pretty counter to a lot of the ways that we now think about the idea of imprisonment and all those kinds of things. But I think that the important thing here is it's imprisonment for the glory of Christ, right? It's imprisonment for Christ. So as you hear that, what do you think, Dan?
1: Yeah, well, Nate Nate talked about historically what imprisonment was like in the Roman Empire. And he basically said if you're in jail in, in, in the Roman Empire, you're basically awaiting two things, either to be exonerated or to be put to death. They didn't have this system of, of imprisonment for, you know, a certain term or a certain sentence or whatever. And so if you were in prison, um, in a lot of ways, your, your outlook was pretty, pretty bleak and people did not really want to be associated with you because you were seen as a criminal and it, and it wasn't socially advantageous for people to be, to be connected, uh, or, or, or to be supportive of those in prison. And especially if you think about Jesus's, uh, his arrest and his, his trial in quotation marks, um, and, and his, his execution, man, in the Roman empire, the last thing you would want to be associated with is, is somebody who was put to death, especially on a cross that there was this um this real shame and dishonor uh but but i just love how countercultural and counterintuitive oftentimes to our human nature jesus and his kingdom are right G- jesus said basically um so many things in his in his ministry that is counterintuitive or countercultural right he says if you want to be if you want to be first you got to be last if you want to be great in my kingdom you got to be become the servant of all uh, Paul Paul even said that that God has chosen the the foolish things uh, to 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 shame the, the 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 quote unquote wise people of this world. Uh, there's there's this um, this upside down kind of uh, economy in in the kingdom of God, and I just think that is so important for us to to wrap our heads around because the I think the tendency for us um, in in our in our human nature and and in our modern times is if we want to, you know, we want to save our lives. We want to preserve life. We want to make things easy and simple and prosperous for ourselves here on this earth. And, um, Paul is telling Timothy like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in prison for Jesus's sake. And don't be ashamed of that because even in this God's word is not bound. And we, we covered that, you know, a few weeks ago that, that, God's word continues to move forward. That that Paul doesn't see his imprisonment as as a setback, and so he's encouraging Timothy, "Don't shrink back. Um, stay faithful." And I think that's so good for us today because, you know, we see these people that that have abandoned Paul, that have have turned to to lesser loves. They they've left their love of of Christ and they've and they've gone. They've run to a lesser love in the world. And I think it's just such an encouragement for us to, to stay, to stay faithful, even in the midst of things that might seem, uh, to the world standard as being dishonorable or not socially advantageous, you know, things that, that are going to bring us, um, persecution or, um, you know, just even, even insults from, from the world. We, we can't shrink back from, from that.
0: Yeah, no, I really appreciate, um, just you, you mentioning the, the Roman justice system, because really it's like there there's two trials. You know, There's there's a first trial, and there's a second trial. And that first trial, which is what we're talking about right now, that's really the time where if you thought this person was innocent of something, that's the time where all their friends and family would be at that trial. They'd be there to vouch for them, to speak about their character, all these things. And yet when Paul was there, he was abandoned you know, people left him. And... Mm-hmm. So I think about this and it's like, yeah, I think most of us today would also probably say, yeah, it's probably socially disadvantageous to be associated with someone in prison, you know, right now. Mm -hmm. But here in America, at least, you know, we don't really deal with this idea of being in jail for for vouching for Christ, you know, not yet anyways. Um, But I think the idea of suffering for Christ is still 100% applicable. And so what does that look like, you know? I think when we're looking at Paul's attitude here regarding honor and suffering for Christ, the thing that I think we're going to see more often in our own lives is social suffering, you know, is 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 judgment from the world. And especially right now with cancel culture, like, man, when someone you know is in that place, which I think is going to happen more and more as time goes on and the world puts more pressure on us, If your friend's getting canceled for standing up for Christ, are you going to be that friend that is there at the trial with them, vouching for them, Mm. or are you going to let them suffer alone?
1: Yeah. And I think, I think another thing that comes to mind that maybe is more applicable to our context in America, because thankfully we're we're not facing imprisonment for the, the name of Jesus. But I think sometimes I've experienced this personally and I, and I, I have heard from others in my life too, that have as well, where it's like, man, there, there's a loneliness. I think sometimes to, um, staying faithful to Christ and, and, and to remaining true to the, to the word and to, to the gospel where maybe it plays out. Like you don't get invited to that party because they're going to be, there's going to be stuff happening there that, People don't want you to be around because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna quote unquote bring the 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 whole situation down because because of your you know wanting to stay to stay um, pure or obedient or faithful. Um, you know, maybe maybe it just means that yeah, you're just you're not you're not going to get invited to that stuff or or maybe it just means that like your your inner circle kind of shrinks down because they're you, you're taking life with Jesus more seriously than, than maybe some of your peers. And I've definitely seen that happen in my life a little bit. And you FOMO is a real thing. You got to, you got to fight that. (laughs) Um, And just, I think sometimes like, man, you you think about Paul being alone um, in prison, right? And he talks about in, in um, chapter one, verse 15, that, Hey, you're aware of all these people that turn from me. Right. Right. Timothy, like, you, you know, that I'm basically, kind of out here on the ledge by myself, but really he, he has, um, he has the nearness and the presence of, of his savior with him in, in that dark, you know, jail cell. And if man, if, if Paul can hold on to, to that, um, comfort, then we can too. And I think that's an important thing for us to, to, to cling to.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm just chewing on this still of just like, of are we willing to pay the price? You know, right? Are we willing to pay it to to pay the cost? And you know, something about this makes me think about the nature of martyrdom. You know, mm. because Paul, I don't know. I just I could see people taking this and kind of running with it. Of just yeah, there's honor in suffering. You know, so I'm gonna go out and suffer. You know, and. I just think it's important to note with Paul's attitude, like he never, he didn't walk into the streets and start yelling, "Arrest me for Christ!" You know, no, he just stood for for what Christ stands for, and then paid the price. And that's different than I think today's kind of heated political climate, where mm. whatever the issue is, whether we're talking about you know masks or vaccines or guns or pro choice, pro life, whatever the issue is. I just think there's a certain danger in making things quick to become about martyring yourself when they aren't, you know what I mean? And I've just seen this a lot on social media or whatever, where someone voices opinion and someone disagrees with them and they just throw it out there. I'm being harassed because I'm Christian, yada, yada, yada. And I just, you know, something about that, it doesn't reflect Paul's heart. You know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't reflect the confidence and peace that he has in his suffering. You know, when he talks about, the peace that he has in Christ while he's sitting in jail or sitting in house arrest. We talked about right now about the, the joy and honor that he has in suffering for Christ. There's something about the attitude of that. That's distinctly different than what I see a lot on Facebook or whatever. Like that is like very like chaotic and heated and like, how dare you kind of thing. Paul is just confident and steadfast in Christ. And so anyways, as you're listening to this, I think that's the heart we need to kind of focus on as we think about suffering for Christ and how that's honorable, you know?
1: Well, that's great. And, and Paul is, is, is saying, Hey, Timothy, like look, look at my example because who is, who is Paul looking at as an example? J- Jesus. Right. And you, you, you think about how Jesus was when he was arrested and, and put through all that, that torture and, and through, through this unjust trial and, and was, was killed in this um, just brutal way. he, like a lamb is silent before it's shearers. That's how, that's how the, the, the lamb of God was as he was being led to his horrific death on the cross. And yeah, you, you contrast that with these obnoxious, uh, noisy, self-important, you know, people that are taking a stand on, on social media or, you know, on some overpass with, with big old signs and, and flags and stuff like that. It's, it's quite different when you, when you hold it in in contrast to, to how Jesus suffered and, and yeah, he, Jesus was perfectly faithful to his father and he, um, he had every right to, to stand up and say this you know, this is unjust. I'm being, uh, I'm being killed and, you know, I, and I don't deserve this, but he didn't because he, um, he had the, the long view in mind and, um, he wasn't going to let anything take him off mission. And so, man, I just, I love, I love that. Um, just that perspective of just saying, you know, what, what can man do to me anyway? Right. Like, um, I'm not going to be afraid of, of man who, who only can harm my, you know, my body. I'm going to, I'm going to place myself in, in the hands of the one who is sovereign over my body and, and my spirit and my soul. So, Man, what mm-hmm. a what a beautiful example for us. And man, we should we should be looking to Christ just as, as Paul
0: was. I love that. And it reminds me of, you know, First Peter that Christ gave us an example for us to follow in, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. walk in this manner worthy and just the just run it down your head all the time. When he was reviled, he didn't revile. Mm-hmm. When he suffered, he didn't threaten. Come but on. He continued entrusting Preach. himself to him who judges justly. So anyways, this is a, this is a detour from our faithful friendship conversation, but as you are a friend of people and as you're a faithful friend, man, are you willing to call someone out, you know, in a loving way, of course, but say, Hey, I think maybe your attitude is drifting a little bit Mm. and I totally get it. You know, like some of these things are really heated issues. Some of these things it's like, for example, the pro-choice pro-life debate, if you're pro-life that means that you think people are murdering humans, you know? Mm. That's 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 the gravity of what we're talking about. And so I totally understand why things get heated. However, in that conversation, in all these conversations, whether it's about masks, you know, same kind of thing. If you're pro mask and you're talking to someone who is anti mask, you think that they're harming society, you know? Mm-hmm. But are you speaking about it in a way where you're not reviling, you're not threatening but the 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 steadfastness and peace that comes from entrusting yourself to Him who judges justly is just evident. You know what I mean? Anyways, done with that. Drop the mic there. Let's just keep chugging here.
1: That's great, though. That's that's really good. Th- thanks for for that. So so anyway, so then it kind of builds up to to the the passage at hand that that we're looking at, starting in verse nine, and Paul is telling Timothy, "Hey, I I need your support," you know, and and. I need, I'm calling on my, my band. I'm calling on the Avengers, you know? (laughs) And uh, I think, I think there's uh, some really cool insights that Nate pulled out just from Paul mentioning these, these particular people. And and there's a, there's, it's one of these passages where we can just kind of gloss over and be like, oh, cool. Like these weird names that like we don't really have today and, (laughs) and why is he including this? But when you, when you do some real study and you figure out where these names pop up other places in Paul's writings. And you look at some of the historical context, man, there's so much uh, treasure to mine in this, in this passage. And, and, um, Nate did, did an amazing job. So of those names, Sean, like which, which one, um, kind of was most meaningful to you or, or, or struck you as, as, um, personally
0: significant
1: as Nate unpacked the kind of the meaning behind Paul bringing them up?
0: yeah I mean, I think they all had little 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 nuggets of helpfulness you know when you understand the context of why he's mentioning these different people you know probably the name that most people are familiar out of this list if you've been to you know Sunday school is probably Mark and I think it's kind of an interesting journey that Mark has gone through as far as his friendship with Paul because he's saying in this in this chunk, oh yeah, get Mark and bring him with me' He's very useful to me for my ministry, and like you said, this is one of those things that you'd probably just gloss over. And like, yeah, Mark is useful; he has a whole gospel written, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you think then, or if you know the history of Mark and Paul, that's actually really interesting because something has changed, which we were kind of talking about it before. Do you want to speak to that, Dan? Yeah. So, so there's this interesting account in in the
1: book of Acts where Paul and Barnabas are working together to visit different areas and preach the gospel and gather believers into communities. And, and, uh, Paul, Paul's is talking with Barnabas and he's like, Hey, let's, let's go back through and let's, let's go check on some of those communities that we, that we started and let's, let's continue to build them up and establish them and, and strengthen them. And, uh, Barnabas is like, great, that's awesome. Like, let's, let's, let's bring Mark along too. And and Paul's like, wait a second, uh, d- no, let's not bring Mark. Uh, don't you remember Mark bailed on me? Like we were working together, and 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 Mark um, went. He decided to go home, and he left me high and dry. So I don't want to work with Mark again. <laughs> and uh, and this caused a dispute between between Barnabas and and Paul because Barnabas was like, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I think Mark is is a faithful brother, and I think he is still, you know, um, reliable and someone that we can count on. And so, so it actually, they decided to kind of agree to disagree and, and to part ways and, and to go to different areas. And Paul took Barnabas with him and, and I'm sorry, uh, Barnabas took <laughs> Mark with him and part yes. Paul did not. Um, so it's just really interesting now in, in this, in this letter here, um, something has obviously shifted because Timothy is now saying, hey uh let let's get mark back involved in this whole situation and so um you know what really struck me about that is that um i don't know it's kind of like a little sidebar but but i think an important one of just saying like don't write people off <laughs> you know mm. don't don't if somebody has um has let you down in the past or if someone has been um I don't know, has, has maybe, maybe fallen off the the wagon, you know, in some ways, um, man, we, we're all capable of, of redemption. And that's what our God does. Our God is a God of second chances. And, and, and he doesn't expect any of us to be perfect. Um, he expects us to be growing in our, in our image and likeness of, of Jesus, you know, from one degree of glory day after day, year after year. And, uh, and I just, he's so gracious and patient with us in that. And so it's cool to see, um, Mark being brought back into the fold here in, in this passage. And I think it's a great reminder for us to, to not, um, give up on ourselves and not give up on the people in our lives who maybe have, have let us down in in the past. And so I think that, that was really, um, that stuck out to me, but it's also kind of, I think we were talking about before, Sean, it's also kind of like a, Maybe a a twofold lesson, right? Yeah. And so, do you want to talk about kind of how you saw it from your perspective?
0: Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Paul. I mean, obviously, he's a very wise person. You know, he has been for years and years. But one thing I appreciate about this, just thinking about this journey of, of earlier with Barnabas, like you mentioned, in the now asking for him because he's very helpful. Is I mean, it totally could be. We don't we don't know. Maybe there's conversations that happen outside of scripture. You know. But from what we can see here, at least, Paul doesn't talk about Mark in a way that's like, oh, I regret not being with him earlier, you know, or, oh, I should have handled that differently kind of thing.
1: Mm.
0: He seems to be fine with the fact that, oh, yeah, me and Mark weren't working together for this time, and then now I want him because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Mm-hmm. And and there's something about that that I think just it, it hints to a certain wisdom and discernment in regards to now, like, yeah, don't give up on people. Bring him back. He's on fire for Christ. He's wise now. At the same time, there was a time where where Paul and his wisdom and discernment was okay being more distanced from Mark, you know. And there are times in our lives where, for whatever reason, yeah, we most of the time we should say faithful friends and stay close to them and pursue them and all those things. But there are times where we need to distance ourselves, you know. And we're not saying abandon friends, of course not, but. We do have to change the game a little bit. You know, say you have a friend who is just not not helping that goal of honoring Christ in our lives, you know? They're not living for Christ, living in sin whatever it is. Well, you can't keep inviting that person to have influence over your life. You know, you can't lean on them and depend on them like you would a friend who is running the race well. So you need to be intentional about being okay about distancing your heart a little bit and then changing the goal here, you know? Like say Dan, you went off the rails and you you denounce your faith and you're a drug addict or all the stuff, whatever. Or 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 it could be more subtle like that too, right? It like, could be more subtle. I'm using extremes. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you just have a really bad attitude lately and you can't shake it and it's really affecting your relationships. Yada yada. That's more realistic. Yeah. That oh, that, that definitely it. does happen. I do. Oh, stop I, it. But say I, that's the case, you know, and you're just becoming a little bit toxic. I can't keep inviting you to have influence over my life. I can't turn to you for counsel and advice and wisdom. I can't ask you to to teach things to my friends and my families or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Instead, I need to then now consider you, okay, well, now it's time for me to be a light to you. You know, Now I'm thinking of you more in a context of I'm gonna try to lead this person along and lift them up. I'm gonna disciple them and mentor them or whatever I can yeah. to lift them up. But that's a very intentional thing. You know, that's not just, hey, We're hanging out and having a beer once a week and I'm just going to see what happens. No, it's like, I know that you're not where you need to be. And so that's changing what our relationship's going to look like now. And then we don't know the nuances of what that exactly looked like with Paul and Mark. But I think about it and I think it's something like that where Paul was okay for a little bit of having this person who was so close not be close. And then now Mark's in a place where he's more mature, he's more wise. And he said, bring that sucker back because I need him. And man, I think it's a beautiful picture of what a lot of our friendships and relationships can be like as well.
1: Yeah. And this is, th- this can be a hard thing to navigate because we may have a, a, a friendship with, with somebody that has a certain dynamic and it maybe it's had that dynamic for, for, for years. But now, one of, Now, maybe the person that you've just, you've been running with and partnering with and doing life and ministry together with for a number of years is starting to, to, to swerve and drift and, and stray. They're going to expect the dynamic to remain like it's always been. But for you, it's not business as usual because you can't just pretend like everything is, is peachy keen. Like everything's just fine and dandy. Man, that those were a couple really old guy uh, phrases I just said there. That's that, that was weird <laughs> that those came out back to back, but you get the idea, right? So, and I, and I think that can create some tension if if the if the expectations are not communicated and agreed upon, right? So like if 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 party A is thinking, man, um, I need to help gently cr- and lovingly correct my brother here, but but partner B is like just thinking, Hey, we're just hanging out like buddies and and just kind of running and doing life together. And and maybe even I want to keep serving. Like I want to keep just doing, doing ministry together. But you're like, dude, there's no way you're in a place to, to, to have influence over people. Like, you know, we've had this kind of stuff happen in music ministry over the years where someone is, is making rebellious, sinful choices and they're unapologetically pursuing those choices. And they want to continue to just Serve on on, and and help lead worship, and we're just like, hey, time out! Like, you are not in a place to to do this. Like, we need to divert all extra attention to figuring out, you know, how to get you back on track. And sometimes people are willing to to go there with you, and other times they're not. And Scripture is very clear on how we are to proceed in those cases. And if if we're not able to 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 win our brother over um, by ourselves. We, we can get some, some godly and loving reinforcements and try to win, win over that brother in that way. But if, you know, we can get church leadership involved, but if, if they're not willing to, to, to come back and, and get on track like Mark was, then we have to, we have to break fellowship with them and that's painful and that's, um, can be really uh, difficult for us to, to navigate but the goal is restoration the goal is is helping that party come back to a place where they can be on mission with you where they can 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 run faithfully after Jesus and 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 get back on track and so it, it i think this these are hard things for us to navigate as friends but i think it's really important for us to talk about because i think there's this attitude that is very influential in in our modern kind of current cultural context. It's like, man, fr- a good friend is someone that just supports me, whatever I want to do. A good friend is someone who just, who loves me no matter what my choices are. And what they mean by that is uh, they're not going to call me on anything. They're not going to hold me to, to a standard. They're not going to make me be accountable to who I claim to be. And, that definition of friendship is very, very different from I think what Paul is outlining here um, in in Second Timothy.
0: Yeah, and you know I'm th- I'm still thinking about you know the Barnabas and Mark thing, and I think another thing to, to look at with that is is we're not saying I know we're saying hey change the game, be intentional, yada yada, but we're still human, right? And I think it's refreshing if you read through this account with Paul and Barnabas, like they got in a fight. Like, mm-hmm. they were mad about it. You know, the, the specific wording is sharp disagreement. and salty. I, Yeah, it's salty. And I think that, like, the the Greek word for that, it's like sudden violent outburst is what that means. Sheesh. And so Apostle Paul, like, he was mad about it. And so this may happen for you, too. You know, you may get in a fight with your friend about what he's doing or whatever. Don't be discouraged by that. But what do you do after that? You know, you remain faithful. You you try to make sure that your, your lovingness is what's coming through. And yeah, like there may come that time where the person just says, no and walks away, and you have to be okay with that, you know, and I think and maybe along, circle back, maybe circle back like later,
1: too, right? Yeah,
0: never give up, you know, but be okay with that. And I think similar to that that steadfastness in peace that Paul had in being in prison, I think there's a similar steadfastness in peace when it comes to a friend walking away when you know that you're just being faithful to what Christ tells us, you know, you don't have to have like burden and shame about did I do something wrong? Yada, yada. It's like, no, I'm just trying to love them and be responsible to the word and what it says. Now that said, maybe you were unloving, you know, maybe your attitude was whack and you were not tactful with how you address certain things. And that's totally a valid thing. But I think when in doubt, be faithful to God's word, be loving as a friend and trust things to the Lord and things will work out, you know, like you see with Mark and and Paul. So, wow. A lot of, so there we go. All of that, just from this one little section about Mm -hmm. bring Paul, bring Mark to me, you know?
1: Yeah. I I think another thing that was really, that's really cool from, from verses nine through 13 and, and they did an amazing job on Sunday, just kind of helping us understand this, man, you just see, (coughs) um, the geographical reach that Paul and his missionary band had, for the kingdom. And it's just so encouraging when you think about that period of history, they didn't have uh, private jets they can hop on. Right. They didn't have, uh, any kind of motorized transportation. They didn't have a lot of means and resources. I mean, this is all just a bunch of, uh, you know, quasi homeless people <laughs> just like drifting around from area to area and without any really like provisions or protection hardly at all. And, um, it's pretty remarkable when you think about, um, just the reach that God allowed Paul and his ministry to have for the sake of the gospel, Thessalonica, Galatia, Titus, um, Dalmatia, which sounds like a pretty awesome place. Um, Ephesus, I mean, uh, all these places, um, And, and I don't know if he did this at the Altamont when, when he, when he preached, but he had us like hold up our hands and, and basically like Mm -hmm, just to show us, man, yeah, these places are all like hundreds of miles away from each other. And it's just cool to, to, to see, um, what God did through the life of, of Paul. And I think it, I think it's inspirational for us. Um, I mean, especially when you compare it to the means that we have today. And, um, I think it should
0: be like, uh, it should light a fire under us a little bit. 100% I mean this guy's his means of communication is letters that take weeks to get around you know Yeah And yet he talks about people across you know seas and other nations and their dear friends you know Yeah Meanwhile I think so many of us are totally like out of sight out of mind when it comes to people and humans and friendships and So I agree man it's a convicting and inspiring for sure Yeah Yeah so, okay, so a lot about that section with Mark and kind of those people he named. Um, so then he got, kind of gets into, or Nathan got into, so he's talking about his friends here, but what what is a faithful friend? You know, what does that really look like in the context of life and in the church family? I really appreciated this. He brought us back to a section we went through a year ago now almost in Romans, Romans 12, because it's a fitting place to look at of what, when we're in one body with these many members, what do we do? You know, what are the markers? What are the signs of a faithful, Christ-loving friend? So I don't know if you if you want to go through that list, Dan. You want to pick one that really stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, well, and just and just to to continue to just kind of set it up, man, it's so important for us to understand. I know we've talked about this before, but it's so important for us to understand that this mission that Paul had, this call that he had on his life from Jesus to, to To expand the kingdom, to, to get the gospel out into these unreached areas, to build up churches and, and see um, God's kingdom come. This was not something that he carried on his own. He was part of a body of believers. He was part of um, a church family that um, is made up of individuals, but they're all members one of another. And so, I think it's really easy for us because we are kind of self-centered people. Um, that's something that we have to fight against because of just the nature of, of what it means to be human, I think, is we, we like to make everything about ourselves. And so when we read the New Testament and we read this, this commission that we have and we see how Paul and, and others have, have carried that out and we see the commands that are given to us in the epistles – it's very easy for us to say, "Oh man, that's all on me. That's that's on my shoulders. I got to go out and reach the lost. I got to go out and expand the kingdom. I got to go and 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 witness and evangelize you know the nations." And man, we have to remember that God's plan for that whole situation is for that to be done in the context of a local church family, in the context of a faith community we're all to play our role in that together, working as one body. And that's super, super important. Right. Amen. Can I get an amen?
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So of those, um, those, you know, distinctives that, that Nate put from up there from Romans 12. Um, I think the, the one that, that really I've been chewing on is from verse 12. It says, um, it's really kind of a, a threefold, um, you know command here it says rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer and the 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 idea there is just to to stay faithful even when things get hard is to to not give up when when the going gets tough and when i think about supporting the people in my life who i'm 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 friends with and partners in ministry with man, that those are, that's just so clear for me to, to say like, man, how how, do I bail on, on those people when things get hard, when they're going through something really, really, you know, difficult when they're experiencing grief or loss or some real, real tribulation? Like, am I there with them? Am I entering into that with them? Or is it just too hard and I just bail? And, um, and I think just those, uh, those three kind of, um, it's very descriptive like to to rejoice because of the the hope that we have to to be patient even when things get hard and then to stay constantly in prayer those are those are so clear for me and i I, I know if i I know really really quickly if I'm doing that or not um and I think sometimes you know we we have we have some friends right now that are really um dealing with uh, a very difficult um medical situation and just a very um, sudden and uh, tragic diagnosis. And I just, I think about, man, like, am I shrinking back from them because I, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing? Or am I being not as um, supportive as I can just because I'm too busy or I'm, I'm, I'm not being intentional. Maybe I'm being lazy. And I think there's a lot of reasons why we would, we would pull back from someone in our life that we love that is going through something hard. And man, verse 12 from Romans 12 is just like so clear. Like we cannot do that. We have to, to enter in with people when they're going through hardship.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's the section that I was focusing on as well. And just, you know, I think that when I, when I look at my life and people close to me, and I look at the friendships that are markedly just like the. This is the power of Christ in this friendship. Those are the yeah. moments where that really comes through, you know. Yeah. And I think somewhere it says that I forget where, but like this is what, this is what shows, real faithful friends, you know, not yeah. not ease, but harassment. Um, you know, this is what Paul said. That's what it is. Then in, in chapter three, says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So you saying that like man this this is the this is showtime you know these are the moments where you're going to be put through the fire and you're going to see like is this person a faithful friend in Christ or not and like you said it can be hard you know yeah. it's the wisdom and discernment to to love someone well when they're going through hard stuff whatever that situation is it's really hard and you know sometimes it for sure like if you have a friend who is dying or has something wrong with them And you come in and just hey, let's just rejoice and hope together. Like maybe that doesn't always feel like the most tactful thing, you know, but God is so faithful. The Holy Spirit is so faithful to when you just enter into that with a loving heart and you want to be that faithful friend to give you the wisdom to do that well, you know, and maybe, yeah, maybe there's times where the emphasis in this friendship is not the rejoicing and hope part, but maybe you're just going to be constant in prayer for them. And you're just praying for them constantly because it's one of those tricky situations. Or maybe it's one of those times where you're suffering together and need to demonstrate patience. I think that's one thing that I see a lot when people are going through hard things is there's this initial wave of love and support, you know, hmm. and, Oh, what do I need? How can I help you? How can yeah, I pray for you? Yeah, you know, yeah. need a meal, whatever it is. But then as the weeks or months go by, people forget, you know, or maybe they tried a bunch to love this person and they weren't responding to them. And so they're like, all right, well, I can't keep trying kind of thing, but That's not what being patient in tribulation looks like, you know? I think that's that, especially that kind of like perseverance and relentlessness in friendships. That's something that absolutely is like fueled by the love of Christ. You know, that's the way Christ and our God in heaven loves us relentlessly with patience over and over again. I think that's the way we're meant to love our friends. And for sure, like the nuances of that is unique for every situation, you know? Mm There are certain friends, like maybe it's that friend who is going through hard stuff, and maybe not walking the walk perfectly. Hmm. For sure, like we talked about, it. it's a weird thing to try and balance being a faithful friend, rejoicing, hope, being patient with them, but also having to distance certain aspects of your life. But again, I think that when you when you approach that person with a heart that is purely out of love and concern for their well being, and not a selfish kind of attitude or what am I getting out of this kind of thing? or why aren't they respecting my opinion in this thing? And I think God is so faithful to really honor that.
1: Absolutely, man, that, that that's so good. And, and just on all of these things, I mean, it can be overwhelming when you read a passage like Romans 12 and it's like, man, there's all these commands and it's like, ah, what do I do? How, how can I, how can I balance all of this? And, my encouragement would be just when you read a passage like this to just pray and ask for the Holy spirit to highlight for you just one thing that you can focus on. And, and even just to, to think, cause I'm likely as we've been going through this conversation, there's names that are popping into all of y'all's heads. There there's faces you're seeing, there's relationships that you are evaluating as we're having this conversation. And so as you do that, read through that Romans 12 passage and just say, okay, Lord, like what's the one thing that you want me to, to focus on in this relationship and, and just ask him for, for strength to do it. That's what's so cool about, about the Lord is he doesn't give us commands and then just say, okay, go figure it out. No, he, he empowers us by his spirit to have the grace that we need to fulfill the, these commandments he's given us. He, he's not going to tell us what to do and then just like leave us on our own to carry it out. No, he's, he's equipped us with everything we need for life and godliness. And so, um, just be encouraged in that. Um, another thing, you know, that I just want to talk about briefly is just, I think, man, there's a lot going on in our world right now with regards to, um, our brothers and sisters being persecuted, uh, in, in other countries that, that don't, enjoy the freedoms that we have in America, um, with, in terms of religious liberty. And, and certainly, um, there are indications that, uh, our time may come in America, um, where, where things may get difficult and more and more difficult for us to, to stay faithful to Jesus and his gospel. But there are places right now in the world, places where we have global mission partners, um, places that we, we've maybe visited or we've read about, um, in, in missionary journals or, or seen in the news where Christians are being persecuted um, and and even even put to death and sometimes when we see those headlines and we read about that stuff, we can feel so helpless and powerless and and man, how can we possibly be faithful friends in ministry to to those folks? And I think there's some great um, things that we can kind of marry together here from from Nate's outline and I was just thinking about, Um, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. So there's, there's ways for us to, to provide emotional support to those people that we, um, we know it could be family members that are living overseas. Uh, it could be our global mission partners. You, you, all you have to do, man, an email can be so, um, encouraging and, and so can, can give such support. And so Reach out to us. Um, we can help get you in touch with our global mission partners. Um, and then also I was just thinking about verse thirteen from, from Romans twelve, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, you know, this is a touchy thing because it's talking about money, but you know, when was the last time uh you prayed and asked God to um to you know, just say, Hey, I, I wanna I wanna be a financial blessing to to someone overseas who is doing your work, Lord, um, you know, show me, show me how to, how to do that. I mean, when was the last time you did that? Um, that's a a, two great ways for us to participate and be faithful friends in ministry to our brothers and sisters across the world.
0: Yeah. And I think as we're wrapping up here, like Dan, you mentioned this analogy that you hear a lot. And I think the point of it is when we're talking about faithful friendship and, just friends that glorify Christ, there's no middle ground, you know, like we talk about the, oh, being on the fence and you picture mm. this fence and on one side there's Satan and on one side there's Jesus. And all times you, we, we picture ourselves on the fence, you know, or we live of,
1: like we live life like we're on the fence. Yeah. Right? Or
0: maybe yeah, someone asks you to say, no, I'm for Jesus, but by evidence of your conversations and your actions and the way you spend your time, the way you spend your money, you're on the fence. And you might say, yeah, but I'm not with Satan. But the reality is if you're on the fence, you're with Satan, that's Satan's fence. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, I think the majority of Christians who are in that like lukewarmness, that's where they are. They're not in Satan's camp, you know, but that's one of the the biggest ways that Satan distracts his people or our people from worshiping is by keeping them on the fence, by just busying them up, you know? And so as you think about this, like who are the friends that have been faithful to you Who are the friends you've been faithful to, hopefully? And then who are the friends you're on the fence with? You know, who are the friends that just exist in your life? And what can you do to really, really be more faithful, Christ-loving influence to that friend? Mm -hmm. So maybe here's two action steps as as we're wrapping up here. If there's someone who has been a faithful friend to you, you know, just spend a minute praying, looking back on your life. I'm sure all of us can identify one person who has been faithful to us. Text them. You know, call them, email them and just say, hey, I know this is random. I just want to thank you for being a faithful friend in my life. Mm. Such a powerful thing. Like Dan said, A, it's encouraging, but B, that's important. You know, it's important for us to recognize that we are gifts from God to each other. You know, it's such a healthy process. And then on the flip side of that, man, identify one person. I think every single one of us can pick one person who God has put in our life right now that we can say, you know what? I want to step it up and be a more faithful friend to this person, whatever that looks like. Maybe it means material help to that person. Maybe that person is Nicole Gillette or some other global missions partner across the ocean. Maybe it's someone nearby going through illness and pain that you want to be able to provide help and emotional support to. Maybe it's that person who's going through a divorce or something really crazy difficult that you need to be more faithful in remaining through hardship with that friend and showing that kind of patience. Whatever it is, pick that person to thank, pick that person to step it up with. And man, just trust that this is God's design for his people. And if that's mm-hmm. true, then that means that he's going to bless those things. Yeah, that's good. Well, Hey,
1: let's, um, let's do some kind of fun as we end our time. Let's, why don't we just give, uh, just give a quick shout out. Each of us can, can name one, one friendship who has, um, who has been faithful to us in our, in our life and ministry. And let's just kind of give them some, some love and some, some affection this week. So, uh, I'll go first. I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Ben Foster. He, uh, and his beautiful wife, Christina and his wonderful family, they attend the Altamont. So I don't get to see them on Sundays, but, um, we have been friends for many, many years. We were, we were both in each other's weddings and, um, we've, we traveled together and, uh, we've, we've just kind of supported each other and loved each other for through ups and downs of life. And, And uh, when, when COVID hit uh, or, or, you know, halfway through COVID, we decided, hey, let's, let's get together every week and we'll go for a walk and we'll just um, encourage each other, hold each other accountable and spend some time in prayer. And it it has just been, he's been so um, steady in my life. You know, he's just the kind of guy that I can call no matter what my, my, my situation is. If I'm if, if something amazing happened to me and I want to rejoice with someone, he's one of the guys I call. If, if I'm in uh, need somewhere, my motorcycle broke down and I need someone to, you know, 10 PM to come drive out to Stanley and pick me up. He'll, he'll, he'll do that. If, um, if I need prayer support, he'll do that. Um, if I need someone to, you know, be real with me and, and speak truth in love, he he's all over it. Um, and I just love him too. Cause he, uh, he thinks a lot differently than I do and processes the world, uh, in some unique ways, just, you know, in comparison to, to how I do. And so he challenges me. And, um, anyway, so love you, Ben, big time shout out. And, uh, let's keep doing this thing together.
0: Love that Ben Foster. He's a real winner. Yeah. You know, it's funny thinking about the people and obviously we can name each other. That's cheating though. Um, there's so many people who, right. are, who are close that do that to me and fulfill that role, but one that will always, forever come to mind is my friend Davis, who Davis Capitoli now, who he's lives in Colorado for the last five years, and I think he's a he's a Paul in that way of just mm. distance doesn't matter. You know, he's so faithful to call all the time and ask those questions that really matter, and just demonstrate perseverance. And I say I've, I think I said this on the podcast before, but I'm definitely like the weaker link in this per- perseverance and diligence and <laughs> reaching out or long distance. But anyway, just so refreshing to have someone like that who is determined to be a faithful friend, regardless of circumstance and physical location, and all of those things. So, shout out to Mister Davis. I love yeah, you, Karen. Awesome. Fun awesome. fact, Davis. If you ever find yourself in Durango, Colorado, Davis is starting up his uh, his own optometry practice next month. Mm-hmm. So, so if your eyes suck, go see him. If your eyes suck, Peak Optometry. He'll he'll fix you right up.
1: Hey, uh, really really quick, too, before we end, um, I've been a little distracted the last couple of minutes because I just found out that my, uh, my older sister, Melinda, who lives in Modesto, um, she just uh, had a baby girl. Um, wow. Yes. So Abigail Catherine Young was born today. And um, so her and her husband, Chris, are really excited. They had an in-home water birth, which is just wow. a wild time. But uh, really fun because Melinda has three boys, and so this is uh, she's she's always wanted a little girl to to be able to be a mother too. So this is a huge blessing, and God answered our prayers and looked like it was a a, a, an event, not an eventful in a good way,
0: um, and a smooth uh, delivery with no complications. So praise God for that. Wow. So if you, I mean, a lot of you probably do. If you are connected with Melinda at all, you reach out, man. You be that faithful friend to her right now. Yeah, it's cool. All right, guys. Hey, we hope that this has been encouraging and uplifting and all those things. And just really quick, if you're if you do that process I mentioned, think about the people in your life. If you can't think of someone who's a faithful friend to you, that breaks our heart. And please mm. reach out because we want to change that. We'll be those faithful friends to you. Like that, yeah. that ain't okay in the kingdom of God.
1: That's right. That's right. Hey, also uh, don't forget 10 a.m. service this week at the Crossing. 10 a.m. service at the Altamont. And then the week after that, what's happening, Sean? 29th. Fairgrounds. Yeah. So um, make sure you are in the know on that. Get, get the newsletter. Follow us on
0: social media so that you don't miss out on what's happening the next couple of weeks. It's going to be great packed couple of weeks, guys. We'll see you all then. We love you all. Catch you next week. God bless. You. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward behold. Catch you guys next week.